the band and the sound guys a big round of applause. Amen. If you got a Bible, open it up to John 4. Thank y'all for being in the house of God today. With all the distractions that go on in this world and so many opportunities for us to do something else on Sunday morning, you made a choice to come into God's house today. So very proud to be the pastor of this amazing work here. But it is God's work. It is God's work that I can't seem to want to stop. It's God's work that I can't seem to want to throw in the towel sometimes. I can't quit God because God didn't quit me. What about entering into a relationship with somebody like that? I made my mind up I'm going to stay married to them. I'm going to love them no matter what. Dalton asked a question yesterday. Why does this always have to happen to us? Why not us? I remember when God called me to preach, I said, get you one of those good people. Why you want me? Get you a good person like Donnie and Tammy. They're good. Get you a good person like Joe and Linda Biggs. Get you a good person like John. Get you a good, God, can't you get somebody good like Brother Richard Shemaine? Get somebody good like Vic and Connie. Get somebody good. God said, there ain't nobody good. Why don't we put ourselves there today? Why don't we put ourselves there and just thank God that He loves us? I don't have all the answers. I don't claim to have all the answers. I wish I had all the answers. Then I could tell you why and what for. I love those preachers that act like they got all the answers. Like they're smarter than everybody else in the church. All I can say to you this morning, and I'm proud to say is, no matter what God throws our way, I'm still going to believe in Him. And I'm still going to serve Him. No matter what, no matter where, no matter how, I'm still going to believe in Him. I'm still going to serve Him. I'm still going to search my heart and say, God, here I am. Use me. I want my boy to have that kind of faith. I want my church family to have that kind of faith. Dads, moms, you should want your kids to have that kind of faith. When all hell's breaking loose, they still have a God that loves them, that's going to calm the storm. That no matter what kind of, uh, of things are getting thrown at you, that God is with you always. God, why don't you get one of them good people like Jerry White? Why don't you get one of those good people? God, there ain't no good people. God said, I'm good. And I believe after trials like yesterday and after some of the stuff that some of us go through and I walk beside you as your pastor or, or you're walking beside it alone, it, 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 I believe in my heart when bad things happen and I see people abuse God and I see people disrespect God and I see people that just, well, don't matter where they are, they'll cuss in church. 
They'll say things. Mary, I need some water. They'll say something. They'll say, they'll say ugly things. They'll, they'll disrespect God. They'll cheat people. They'll cheat a church member. They'll cheat a, they don't matter. And I still say, God, why do you love us so much? God, why do you love me so much that you sent your one and only son to die for me? Because I'm no good. I'll be the first one to tell you that I ain't no good. I'll be the first one to tell you that when God called me and chose me, I thought he was out of his mind. Because I know me better than you know me. And you know you better than you know you. You know who is still living like they're going to hell but coming to church. I, I may not know. You might put on a good show. You might get all dressed up, cleaned up, grab a big Bible and sing your butt off. But you know, if you have trusted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you know whether you're sitting on the front row or you're sitting on the back row, if you die today, you go to heaven or not. I'm so thankful for a God that would wait on me to get my life to Him. Hear me today. I'm so glad that God would wait on me. How many can be thankful in this place that you didn't overdose and die when you didn't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? How many can be real this morning? I still need a drink. But how many can be real this morning and be so thankful that God waited on them and get themselves off of drugs, get themselves off of alcohol, get themselves away from the other side? All I can do is preach to you this morning what God told me to preach to you. John said that if Jesus had done, if all that Jesus had done were written down, I suppose that even the whole world wouldn't have enough room for the books that Jesus had, had accomplished in his 33 years of life. Jesus accomplished so much, and he still waits for you and me. To get our lives right. You know how many DWIs I should have had? You know how many accidents I probably should have had drinking and driving? You know how many club fights I got in that I have seen pistols drawn and, and knives drawn? You know how many times that there was a racial war break out in prison that God spared me from? So glad he waited on me. I'm so glad he waited on me. I'm going to show you in the scripture that God is waiting on you too, young men and women. God is waiting on you, folks, to get yourselves to that spot where you'll thirst no more. Where you'll thirst no more, that you can take a drink of everlasting life, that you can take a drink of hope, that you can take a drink of peace, that you can take a drink of joy. See, when you thirst, and we all thirst, can you see, you don't know if I'm thirsty now or not. You just heard me say that I was thirsty. I can't tell who is ready to enter into a relationship with God or not. I can't tell if you're thirsty to change your life or not. That's something that nobody knows. I don't know if Benny's sitting there and he's saying, I'm thirsty too. I don't know if Bobby's sitting there saying, I'm thirsty. Because the thirst is something. Something that nobody can see, only you can know. See, I don't know if you're ready to change your life. I don't know if you're ready to get really serious with your relationship with God. But if this is your first time here, let me tell you what God told me Wednesday night. God told me Wednesday night to serve me correctly. God wants you to serve him correctly.
And if you're not going to serve him correctly, let me share this with you, then you're serving him incorrectly. If you're not serving God correctly, then you're what? Touch three people and say incorrectly. John 4, got my Bible? John 4, verse 5. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and what? John 4, verse what? Got my Bible? So glad that I serve a Jesus that waits on us. So he came down to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you the living water. Out of Jesus is 33 years. He only ministered three years. In those three years, the whole world couldn't contain all that he did. I'm one busy pastor. Seems like I'm always going, running, doing. But as I was thinking about it last night, I was crying, I was praying. Jesus was busy. In his three years of ministry, John said if they'd have wrote down in a book all that Jesus had done, you couldn't put it in a library. You couldn't contain it in a house. The thirst of the world resting upon Jesus' shoulders. In three years, he shook the whole world and turned it upside down. And can I say to you this morning, he's still shaking my world and turning it upside down. He was so busy, Jesus was so busy, he often fleed the crowds. This amazing scripture that we read this morning, that Jesus suddenly said, I'm going to Samaria, I'm going to sit out, I'm going to chill. Jesus is sitting on a well, waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting on the woman to come by. Can I tell you this this morning? How did Jesus know to be in the right spot? Because Jesus knows everything. Get you a t-shirt made, said Jesus knows everything. Get you one made and wear that around your kids when they're lying to you. Say, Jesus told me. Jesus was sitting on the well, waiting on the woman. Jesus was just sitting there waiting, waiting on the woman. How did he know that she was going to come by? Let me share this with you. He knows you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows that you were divine appointment here this morning, that you're in the right spot, the right location to hear the right word this morning. Oh, somebody received that this morning. Can I get amen? I'm just checking to see if y'all are alive. 
this amazing scripture this morning. We read Jesus suddenly said, I'm going to Samaria. I'm going to sit here by this well, waiting and waiting and waiting on this woman. He did know that she was coming. God has so predestined your life that he knows where you're going, Tabitha, before you go. He knew that Vicky had to get up in the middle of the night and go out and do ministry work. He knew that Dalton was going to go to the hospital before Dalton knew he was going to go to the hospital. God knows us. He predestined our life. He knows everything about us. He knew you would show up this morning, crazy with all your issues. You know who he's talking to. He knew you'd show up with all your dysfunction. He knew you'd show up with all the, 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 the addictions that you have. Jesus knew that you were coming this morning to this church, to this living well. He knew that you were thirsty. Yeah, maybe somebody invited you. Maybe you had to force yourself to get up. But Jesus already knew you were coming because he said, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. God has so predestined our lives that he knows where we're going before we get there. He knew that we would show up with our craziness, with our issues. He sat by the well and waited for you to show up. I mean her to show up. Or did I say that right? I got to praise him this morning from inside my heart for waiting on me. I should be locked up in some sane asylum. All the stuff I've done wrong in my life, I should still be in prison. I should be dead, all the places I've done, all the things I've said, all the, all the stuff I've done. God should have just destroyed me. But he loved me, and he waited on me. God's been loving and waiting on your husband. God's been loving and waiting on your wife. Thank God we got a God that waits on us this morning. My wife has a saying, she says it all the time. She says, don't wait to get your life right and come to God. Come to God and get your life right. Come to the well. Come to the living water. I'll quench that thirst. He knew that you would show up this morning, crazy as you may be with all your issues. I got to praise him this morning for he was waiting on me. He waited on me while I was a drunk. He waited on me while I was confused. He waited on me while I was lying, cheating, stealing, etc. How many can say thank you, Lord, for waiting on me? He didn't pick somebody else for this church. He was waiting on me. He didn't pick somebody else for your purpose. He's waiting on you. God has a purpose for your life. He didn't pick somebody else to sing. He didn't pick somebody else to open that business. He didn't pick somebody else to be the mother or father to those children. He picked you. He picked you. He didn't pick somebody else to be an elder in this church. He picked them. He didn't pick somebody else to run that ministry. He picked you. He was waiting. He was waiting. He was waiting patiently because he knew we were coming. I got to praise him this morning for waiting on me. He waited on me while I was a drunk, while I was a liar, while I was a cheater. He didn't give up on me either and get up and go either. He waited. You see, I knew the Lord at 14 years old. 
I got saved at Lathan Springs uh, 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 Church Camp at Lathan Springs. Anybody been to Lathan Springs Church Camp? Anybody? No, you go back closer to Waco and everybody raise their hand up. It's a big old church camp, and I gave my heart to Jesus. I went home and told my mom and daddy that I gave my heart to Jesus, and I, and, and I, and I was going to start going to church. They said, well, you're going by yourself. You're going by yourself because we don't go to no church. Only people that go to church are hypocrites. How many have ever heard that? Somebody was pointing at you. Quit pointing. How many times we hear that? I don't go to church. There's only hypocrites in church. My dad said, I ain't going to church. There's only hypocrites down there. My mama said, I ain't going down to church because old Aunt Betty, she goes, old Aunt Kay, she goes there. Old Aunt Kay goes to church. She talks about everybody. She's the biggest hypocrite we know. I ain't going to church. I ain't going to church. So I walked myself to First Baptist Church of Elmont. And I'd come home, and they'd make fun of me. Every mistake I made, they'd say, oh, you think you're a Christian. It was easier for me not to go to church than it was to go to church. So I got away from God till I was 33 years old. For another 20 years, 19 years, I was out there doing my thing, living my life, living for me. Jesus said, I'm going to go over there by the well. Mark Grimes will be here in a minute. Jesus said, he's waiting on you this morning. Are you thirsty? He's waiting on you this morning. He sat down by the well. He was waiting on the woman. There are some women that other women just don't like. This woman, this woman at the well was one of those women. She didn't have the benefit of interacting with other ladies. Maybe they didn't like her because men liked her. The woman at the well, she'd been married several times. She'd been with a lot of different people. Uh, the other women in town, they hated on her. I see that today, that women always seem to hate on other women. Stop hating on other women. Can I talk to you ladies for a minute? Stop hating on other, oh, she's skinnier than I am. Oh, she drives a nice car now. Oh, her fan, oh, she think, man, women, stop hating on other women and start being. This woman had to go to the well, Ty, all by herself because she didn't have no friends. She had to go because nobody else accepted her. She had to go because there was no place for her. I thank God that you can come to Caney Creek Cowboy Church where there's a place for you. No matter where you've been, what you've done, how many times you smoked weed, how many times you lied, how many times you got out there and you was hooked on meth, this is a place that's going to love you. These are a people that's going to love you. This is a place that's going to receive you. The Bible said that he came unto his own and his own didn't receive him. That was a lesson for you and I to love people where they are. Ladies, listen to me. Quit hating on other ladies. Quit being jealous of other people because they may not look at you. Men, same for you. Huh? Touch a man, say amen. She didn't have the benefits of interacting with other ladies. Maybe they didn't like her. Maybe they didn't like her because other men liked her. Maybe she was attractive. Maybe she dressed nice. She, she came with her water pots, with the kind of thirst that comes from being, from, from being passed around from men and rejected by women. This congregation this morning has come 
because they're thirsty, because we need water. She was coming for the water, but she didn't realize that the well was setting on the well. She came to the well for the water, but she didn't know the living well was there. What the well is physically, Jesus is spiritually. How many know when you're sitting there with tears in your eyes, he's right there with you? How many know when you're all alone, you're not all alone at all? How many know when you're broken in a million pieces and you're down on your knees? He's down on his knees with you. There have been moments like the other night. One o'clock in the morning, on my knees in my church, and I feel something around me. That's just the presence of the Lord. What he has to offer us this morning, spiritually, is a quench that nothing else can give you. We're a thirsty congregation. There's an inner need for us. People around you will never know that you're thirsty. Thirsty has no sign or sound. You can be thirsty and no one know it because it's an inner craving. Thirst will wake you up out of your sleep in the middle of the night. How many sometimes get up in the middle of the night and say, I got to go give me something to drink. I got cotton mouth. I guess cotton mouth is a term from another life. I'll fill you churchy people in on what that is later. Just saying. People around you will never know that you're thirsty. Thirsty has no sign or sound. You can be thirsty and no one know, but it's because you have an inner craving. Thirst will wake you up from a sound sleep. She come down to the well because the woman was thirsty. She's carrying her unfamiliar on her back, her unfulfillment on her back, and she was going to the well. One well she knew, the other she didn't know. How many are so thankful that you know Jesus today? But there's a lot in here today who are wanting to know Jesus. She came with her pots on her back. I, I, I forgot to call and say, hey, I need a pot. Somebody bring me a big pot. She came because she wanted to fill up her pot, her water. She needed fulfillment for a thirst that, 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 that physically she needed to meet. But there was something else that she really needed to meet, and it was spiritually. She put the kids, you need to listen. She put that big pot aside. She thought Jesus was just another guy flirting with her. She thought that Jesus was, a, I, I heard preachers say this, so don't get mad at me. I just heard this before, that she just thought Jesus was just another guy flirting with her. Hey, what's he doing here? She's the only one supposed to be here, and why is he flirting with me? He wasn't flirting with her. He wasn't flirting with her. He was the only one that could save her. He was the only one that could deliver her. He was there because nobody else could give her what she needed. Nobody else could give her what she needed. God is here this morning because he's the only one that can fulfill you because nobody can give you what you need. Thirst will wake you up from a sound sleep. She comes down to the well. The woman's thirsty. She's carrying her unfamiliar, unfulfillment on her back, one well she knows, the other she doesn't know. One well speaks to her while the other is staring at her. 
It is a conflict of thirst. Hers and his. Listen to me. Get this. Pay attention. Listen. Pay attention. It's a conflict of wills. His and hers. Jesus came that you may have life and have life more abundantly. Jesus came that, that you may have life and have life more abundantly. His will is to know you. His will is to have a relationship with you. Her will was for familiar, for, 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 for fulfillment. I'm going to get that out in a minute. For, for, that's why, see? She needed fulfillment, but Jesus also needed fulfillment. It says in John 3, 16, that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And John 3.17 says that he came to this world to save it, to not to condemn it. So he needed fulfillment. Jesus separated himself from the crowd. He said, look, I'm going over here. I'm going to set. Y'all going to get some food. I know somebody's coming. I know she's on her way. What? Who? Where? Don't worry about it. Go on. I got to get my familiar too. Can I say this to you? Jesus is happy that you're serving him today. Jesus is so proud of you for serving him today. You're sitting by the well, acting like you're thirsty. And you don't even have a cup, she told him. He said, woman, if you knew who I was, you'd be asking me for water. God will ask you for stuff that you can't do. He'll tell you to stretch out your withered hand when he's asking you to do what you can't do. See, he asked the woman for a drink, but he didn't even have a cup. I thought about that for a minute. God will ask us for some stuff that we don't think we can do. But with him, all things are possible. God will ask you for stuff you can't do. Stretch forth your withered hand. When he asks you to do what you can't do, he's shining a light on your thirst, your craving for him. He said, woman, I thirst. Her arrogance, her pride challenged him. She probably thought he was flirting with him. She said, oh, please, you know that you don't want any water. You don't even have anything to draw it with. You're sitting by the well acting like you're thirsty, but you don't even have a cup. And this is what Jesus said. He said, woman, if you knew who I was, you would be asking me for water. I didn't know Jesus until I was 33 years old. I believed in God. Like so many people today, they believe in God. I heard Dr. Charles Stanley say the other day, he was in a room full of people, and he said, how many believe in God? And all their hands went up. He said, I should have asked the question like this. How many believe that God was raised from the dead? that sits on the right-hand throne of God, that is coming back one day to get his church, to get his people, to get his, his children. If I'd asked that question like that, how many believe that God died? How many believe that God was raised from the dead? How many believe that God stands on the right hand of the, of the Father that is one day coming back? If, if, if he would ask the question like that, he don't believe so many hands would have went up. See, some of y'all believe God for salvation, but you don't believe him to help you with your bills. 
Some of y'all believe God for your salvation, but you don't think He can get you over that addiction. God is in the miracle business today, my friend. He's in the deliverance building business today. He said, woman, if you knew who I was, I'm almost done, just give me a minute. He said, woman, if you knew who I was, I would, if you knew who I was, you would be asking me for water. She said, you know, my people don't hang out with your people. Samaritans don't talk to Jews. He exposed that she should be asking him for something. If you knew the value of this water over that water, you're in a cycle, you're in a well, and I'm the only thing that can quench your thirst. You've been drinking that water and you're still sociably unacceptable. You've been drinking that water and you're still promiscuous. He confronts her issue. He says, where's your husband? Can I say this to you today? When God wants to enter a relationship with you, he's going to confront you about your sin. You can't live in sin and serve the God I serve. He's going to confront you in your sin. Can I say this to you? He's going to get you to make a hard stand in your sin. He's going to make you do things you don't want to do. He wants to pull you right out of your comfort zone and say, you know what? If you're doing that, that's not pleasing me. If you're standing over here by the truck and you're gossiping about that group, you need to come up out of that group because i got something more better for you. If you're cheating me on Sunday, if you're robbing me, if you're cheating on your wife, if you're cheating on your husband, if you're cheating on your taxes, God says, hey, stop cheating. I got something better for you. God is going to confront you on lying, cheating, stealing, adultery, murder. God is going to confront you on you. God ain't going to confront you on me. You always confront me on me. But God confronts you on you, and that's how sin works. God wants to get that sin out of your life so he confronts you. How many can say today they're so glad that God has confronted them on their sin? If I had a big mirror, look, look, look. If I had a big mirror up here and you were to take a look at it today, what sin are you looking at? What do you need to do about it? Are you thirsty for change? Are you thirsty for a new way of life? Are you thirsty for something more? Because he's setting by the living well. Now, some of you are turning your head. Some of you are fidgeting. Some of you are saying, hurry and get done. No, listen to me. God says, I'm waiting. Even if it takes all day. Even if I don't make the kickoff. I'm waiting. Me and Mary... Almost joined a little church called Shiloh Baptist Church. Preacher was an awesome preacher. He's kind of like me. He's real personable. He liked people. He talked to people. Liked the guy a lot, man. He was an awesome guy. Me and Mary loved him. We went to church down there. It had a big old creek, Terry, that you had to drive your truck down through this creek. and There would always be a little water at that creek. And every Sunday he would say, hey, I'll see y'all next Sunday, good Lord willing, and the creeks don't rise. Because really, if it rained a lot, you didn't go to church. So it was my kind of church. I didn't have to go all the time. It rained. We wouldn't go to church. One day he knocked on my door, and he was real personable with me. He said, do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? And I said, oh, yeah, man. I, I got saved at Lathan Springs at 14 years old. Yeah, praise the Lord. I, I know Jesus. He said, 
man, you like the church? Man, we love the church. We do, we want we gonna join. Yeah, we gonna join. And man, next week that brother got a call to go somewhere else. We come to church and he was preaching his last sermon. I was like, hey man, we finna join. You need me. I need you. We need a relationship. Where are you going? He brought his family up. He had a couple little kids. Brought his family up. Had a couple little babies. They all said goodbye. They were hugging. Everybody was crying. I said, what are we going to do, Mary? We're finna join the church. She said, let's just wait and see who the next preacher is and see if we like him. I said, okay, good idea. Next preacher come along two or three weeks later. They got him a pastor. He was young, and he yelled a lot. And I couldn't stand him because he yelled all the time. I'm just being real. <laughs> I gave you all that for free. Now don't use that against me. I told Mary he yells at us too much. He always yelling something. Always yelling. I ain't joining that church. Let's keep looking for churches. So we got out of church. We didn't like him. We got out of church. We left. I think it took us about another 10 years. To walk back through the door where God was waiting on me one Father's Day. He said, Are You coming today? You thirsty today? See, by this point in my life, I have money. By this point in my life, I have possessions. By this point in my life, a lot of the crazy was already cleaned up, I thought. I thought me and Mary had it good. We got kids. We're involved. We, we do all kinds of things. Got everything that, that the world said we should have. But I didn't have Jesus. And boy, he was waiting on us. Boy, he was sitting there. And he was waiting on us. I gave my heart to God. And my life has never been the same. It's been better than it's ever been. It's been better. I want you to hear me right now. Whatever you're going through, I don't care. My life with Christ is better than it ever was before Christ. My life with Christ is so fulfilled today that I can't even give you an explanation why I can still say, Dalton, we got to serve him. Justin, we got to serve him. Mary, we got to stay. Even though the people are, sometimes they don't, they, I don't care about that. We got to stay because God wants us to stay. We got to serve him because God wants us to serve. We got to sing and we got to stand and we got to run to him when we need to run to him. We got to put that event on. We got to go get those kids. We got to start that bus ministry. We got to be here. I told James McLean, I told James McLean the other day, I said, boy, how many days do you go to church? He said, I go to church Sunday morning. I go to church Sunday night. Monday night, I'm in charge of AA. So I go to AA with Michelle. We're running that program now tuesday night thought my preacher bucking bull so i organized bull so i had to go to bull riding on tuesday wednesday night there he is again yelling at us and so here he is uh, uh thursday night now he's got me out here barrel racing and then friday night 
Uh, what are we going to do on Friday night, preacher? Well, we got football season, so I'm going to let you off for a little bit. So I'm off on Fridays. And then Saturday night, we got to come back out and do another event. And then I'm back in my spot on Sunday morning. You know what's out there for James? Stand up, James. You know what's out there for you if you don't do what you're doing? The devil. He would love you to be a drunk because that's what you were when I met you and I was praying for you. He'd love for you to go back to being an alcoholic instead of running an Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm going to ask you this morning, I'm done. Sit down, James. Praise God for you. Are you thirsty this morning for the living water, the God that changes everything? Are you ready for that? If not, then you can't take this. You see what this is? This is the Lord's Supper. And those who partake of the Lord's Supper, let me break this down for you in English. I don't care about religion. You can only take this if you have received Christ in your heart. Because we do this in remembrance of all the times, Dalton, that we were there doing God's work and He was there with us protecting us. We do this because He hung on the cross for our sins. He died on the cross for our sins. And He said, do this often in remembrance of me. So if you're thirsty, and you're thirsty for change, and you're thirsty for a new way of life, then before we can do this, I need you to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior in your heart. You see, one of the saddest days for me as a preacher was to find out, Jerry, that some people let this cup pass them. Some people say, no, I'm not ready. Got a few more things I need to work on. God, I'm not ready. I don't know if I believe all that stuff. My wife told me one day she was sitting in the middle because somebody was taking her seat. She was in there, and she said, we were doing the Lord's Supper, and she said she had her eyes open. She was waiting, and she said, she said that people were just going. In my spirit, I was like, man, I wish they'd fake it until they make it. But with God, he knows. And you can't fake it till you make it. You have to make a decision that you're going to serve him and love him and fall in love with him and fall in love with his ways. Hey, listen to me. Fall in love with his ways. So I'm going to ask you today, are you ready? Ready for what, Pastor Mark? To thirst no more. Every head bowed and every eye closed. This is a decision that you need to make on your own. She was still thirsty. If, if at first she wasn't satisfied, first time with a husband, second time with a husband, fifth time with a husband, seventh time. She was so thirsty till she found Jesus. You know, God doesn't always use people from your denomination to save you. <laughs> I wish the Baptist could hear me this morning. You know, God doesn't always use people from your denomination to bless you. God has blessed me with the most unlikely people. 
I will expose you to things that you've never seen before, God says. God says, today I know you're secretly thirsty. You're craving fulfillment. And religion doesn't satisfy that thirst. It's going to take a relationship. He pierced her soul. Give me this water right now. I'm so tired of being thirsty. I can't imagine what it would be like not to be thirsty, to be set free, to not thirst no more, to not hunger no more. Then you have to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Pray with me right now. Just say, Dear Lord, come into my life and save me. Today I make you my personal Lord and Savior. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, and I know that I'm a sinner. Lord, I've been so thirsty for so long. Come into my life and fulfill me. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. You have to say that, church family, brothers, sisters, first-timers. You have to say, Lord, come inside and fulfill me. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. I'm going to serve you from this day forth. You have to say that and mean it. If you prayed that with me, then God's going to start fixing that thirst. It won't be long. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you for being here. Give God a praise.